A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Grace, you need to please tell the listeners what you just told me. (laughs) So we're reading a story about protagonist energy. Main character energy. Main character energy. Which has been doing the rounds, I think. I read it online and then my friends were sending me screenshots. Yeah, it's a New Yorker story but based on a kind of viral TikTok thing that's happening but also it's I feel like it was a big thing on Instagram like last year. Mm. When, I don't know the difference between when like Flex Mommy has done something and when it's was popular on Instagram. Like, well, I think she, I treat those as interchangeable because she used to talk about it a lot. And I'm like, it was being on Instagram and I'm like, maybe it was just her. Did she used to talk about main character energy? Yeah, she talked about main character energy oh, all the time. Yeah. So that's why I did I've test. never heard of it before. Ah, yeah. So I heard about main character energy and then I Googled it and then I got, you can Google whether you would be in a very <laughs> technical way, whether you would be a main character in a movie, basically based on your personality. And I got like severe supporting character that <laughs> energy. So funny. I think that's right. I think that's right. I think you would get main character. Main character? It's kind of like supporting character. I would energy. force myself to be the main character. But that's having main character energy, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I have the energy of like a secondary or third supporting role. Like I was saying to you before, the woman in a wheelchair in Notting Hill. Oh my god, I'm she's a, a brilliant character. I know, I'm like her to your Julia Roberts. No. A Hugh Grant. <laughs> that's not true, but that's really funny. So this story, if anyone hasn't read it, is about how everyone has kind of come out of the pandemic and has just got like severe main character energy on Instagram at the moment, showing off what they're doing, where they're going. And I think that was probably without us realizing part of the reason we got so sick of Instagram so quickly and just deleted it. Yeah, it was because of the inundation of main character energy. Mm. They the, That piece was saying that, that because people felt so, like, paranoid about posting what they were doing in the last year because everyone was, like, not quite sure if they were going to get in trouble or not and everything was so blurred that now everyone's like, yes, I can be the main character again. Yeah. Whereas I kind of – I don't feel like that. I don't know if it's because it didn't really happen in Australia. So most people we saw 
didn't really change their behaviors. Yeah, I feel like I can't remember what we've said on the pod and what we've said in real life. So I'm sorry, everybody. But I feel like it had the opposite effect for me Mm -hmm. where if because I didn't do naughty things often, but sometimes I would see friends I wasn't supposed to see or whatever or go for walks with people in London when you were only whatever. And, you know, you take photos or and no, you can't share them. And then now that I can share photos, I think, what's the point of it? Of it? Like, why it's, did it, we ever share photos? Yeah, it's really random. changed the way I view it, I think. Yeah. Now, because I'm just like, oh, if, if we'd been able to do, if we'd have been able to keep posting as we used to this whole time, we wouldn't be reevaluating it now. But because we've had this break of like posting anything at all, it now feels just like so random to do it. And yeah, and I, yeah, I was surprised by reading that story actually because I felt the opposite way as well, where I was like, oh, I thought we all just kind of realized. I don't know why I ever think these things because people don't, like humans don't change. But I'm like, I thought we'd all realize that we're all, we don't have to pretend to have cool lives. On, I, it's not pretending, I guess, because people are actually going on holidays and doing things. But I just thought that we'd now think, well. Yeah, but the other side of it is now it feels kind of weird to, so for example, I had like a fun weekend and went to this beautiful lake and got, and the sun came out like right at the perfect time and everyone was swimming and got these really pretty photos and it was such a lovely day. And because I didn't put it on Instagram, it feels actually more show-offy to then go and like show someone them, mm-hmm. which is kind of random. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be like to you today, look at this beautiful day. And oh, then I was like, please do. No, but like <laughs> I was just thinking about it in my brain as in like sending, fo- specifically sending photos to friends seems even more random like and you do it to your mum because you know your mum's not on instagram so you're like mum i had like this lovely day at the lake and she's like oh beautiful yeah. beautiful dolly but then it feels like kind of random to be like hey friend look at yeah look at this. this yeah but if people just see it on instagram it feels less show i guess yeah and i guess things photos are just for you now <laughs> and no one else i know what's yeah what did people used to do back in the olden days yeah yeah no it's interesting i think like main character energy is really interesting because i think that it changes based on the scenarios that you're in as well. Like there's certain social settings where I bring main character energy mm. and then there's social certain situations where I bring supporting character energy. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that other people will view. It just depends on the dynamics of like any given room. Yeah. And how you feel on that day. Yeah. I feel like I don't have main character energy today. I'm getting my period, which was weirdly like super late. And I Googled it. and the, I'm pregnant. And I, <laughs> surprise, everyone. There's an AWD baby. I, I know that I've talked a lot about not wanting a child. My boyfriend's mom listens to the pod and she said that. Um, she just like flipped the table and <laughs> ran out of the room. No, but she said because we obviously have accents. And mm. we speak super fast. She has to like listen really carefully. She's to got like point so, five. So right now she'll be like, she's pregnant. She's not, she's pregnant. Muzzle top. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> thrown by the group chats to come. But um, no, I'm not pregnant. But the vaccination uh, messes with your period or can mess with your period. Right. and make mess it, with mine. And make it really late. So it's been late and now I got it today and feel disgusting and grumpy and left the house wearing two different colored socks before and bumped into a really pretty girl and... It's been a day. Felt sad. <laughs> it's been a day. <laughs> a lot's happened. Yeah. Okay, wait. Before we go into anything else, I need to talk to you about Matt Hancock. This is my version of a recommendation because I've done nothing this week, but I was listening to every single piece of information about this. So England's like horny health 
minister, they're called health secretaries here, basically fucked up like a trillion things to do with COVID, like thing after thing after thing. Like the hospitals weren't stocked. He like let people go out of back into aged care homes without getting COVID tested. He did the lockdown two weeks later than he was supposed to, all of these things, but he's got arrested for getting it on with his aide, his married aide when he's married. And the son published the video and it's disgusting. Published the, the video of them making out. Where were they making out? In his office. So everyone's like, where has this footage come from? And apparently all the ministers are freaking out because they think that all of their offices have been bugged. Oh, my God. No one knows how the footage got in or out. And he has a wife and the woman that he knows is, I love the British tabloids, friends with his wife, one of his wife's 44 friends on Facebook. So like all good friends going back to their days in Oxford in the 90s. And she's married to Oliver, the Oliver Bonus fashion brand guy who's a bazillionaire and he's like hot and matt hancock is not and when he kisses her she walks into the office and he like pushes her against a wall and like runs his hand through her hair and is like grabbing her butt and it's so gross oh my god i like knew that something had happened with matt hancock cheating on his wife but i didn't know any of the details that's how i I need to tell you because they're just so funny and then boris johnson because he's cheated on like every wife he's ever had and has like 19 loved children was like it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine i don't care but then it came out that he had done it at the time where he'd like got on tv and was like it's not that hard just don't touch anyone that is, you don't live in a household with and people were like he can't get on tv and talk about you've got to take the coronavirus stuff seriously considering that he'd so like blatantly ignored it recently so he's gone but it's just kind of funny that that's the that was the nail in his coffin that's so funny and it's also leads on to my recommendation which is um <laughs> <laughs> What? A more famous sex tape. Which is a more famous sex tape. Scandal. So Lily James is obviously, who's playing Tommy? Sebastian Stan. He's like got supporting character energy. Yes. I barely know who he is. I just know he was in Gossip Girl and then I told you. Who is he? Yeah, that's what I mean. He's like very forgettable. Oh, he's hot, but very forgettable. He looks like a bachelor contestant. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, and he was her her partner, and I'm I yeah, he was her mean husband. Oh, yeah. Um, he. Why the fuck was I talking about him? Oh, Lily <laughs> James, and him are playing Pam and Tommy in the new series that everyone knows about because um, Lily James looks literally exactly like Pamela Anderson new photos have come out of her on the beach in a one piece and she looks insane like it's crazy I googled Does how she have prosthetic boobs or anything I think for so it? Yeah. yeah I googled um how Lily James got Pamela Anderson's body because <laughs> it's quite a crazy transformation but then um, Lily James is like a true method actress yes I found out what that was I think oh I think um, Google thought we were telling her to Google it. <laughs> Google, how did Pamela? That's crazy. That's scary. I know she's always. Oh my god! You know that was like a hovercraft in that when I was on the train. Like no. the, the oh, whatever. I can't bother explaining. Anyway, today's weird. So um, uh, yep. Yeah. And then now <laughs> there's a New York Times 
magazine podcast called Tabloid. And season two is specifically on the Pam and Tommy sex tape. So I know like nothing about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's relationship. No, I barely neither. knew. I know that there was a sex tape, but I know nothing about it. I had to download Luminary. Got a free trial, which okay, I'm so obviously going to have to pay for. The first season of Tabloid was the Ivanka Trump one, right? Yes. And we talked about that. Yes. Okay, so we'll have to listen to it. Why well, New York listen- Magazine on Luminary? That's crazy. I know. I have listened to it. The first two episodes are out and... They're super interesting and basically it talks about how for years, like decades, people thought that Pam and Tommy released the sex tape to get more famous and they Mm -hmm. were always just like, no, we didn't. And then you watch it and it's kind of clear that they didn't because it's really intimate and really like quite, it's, it's like them having sex. But at the same time, they keep being like, I love you. I love you. And it's like really cute and jarring. Yeah. And then, um. The first hour of the tape is them just like mucking around at their house and like looking at the veggie garden. There's 20 minutes of footage from their wedding. And then it goes into the sex tape. And what actually happened was it was in a safe at their house. And when Tommy fired the electrician, he was like really rude to the electrician and didn't pay him and like fired him. Then the electrician came back. And this is reportedly because we've only got the electrician's side of the story, which he told to Rolling Stone in like 2016. And it was the first time anyone ever found out what actually happened and how the sex tape was released. He said that when he came back to try and get the money that he was owed, he was owed like $20,000, he claims. Tommy pulled a gun on him and was like, fuck off. And yeah, and um, the journalist was saying that this was coming at a time when the paparazzi were getting more power over celebrities. So for the first time ever, like, you know, you you got in trouble if you hit paparazzis or if you grabbed their cameras or if you assaulted them or whatever. Whereas before that, you could do, as a celebrity, you could do anything if a paparazzi got in your face. Mm. So you had more power and you could kind of just, like, do anything to get them out of your way. So Tommy was apparently getting super stressed and paranoid and freaked out about it. So he like pulled the gun and was like, get off my property, rah, rah, rah. And then this guy, I think his name's Kenny. Wait, let me check. <laughs> I want to check. Kenny in the show. Pam, Tommy. Oh, Rand. <laughs> okay, his name's Rand. <laughs> so then the electrician told this Rolling Stone journalist, he was just like all too happy to finally reveal that it was him who stole the safe Mm. he told this journalist that he came back and because he knew the inner workings of the house and stuff he knew they had a dog so he bought like a woolen rug thing and put it over himself so if anyone looked at the security cameras they would think he was a dog and he like (laughs) and and he yeah and then he snuck into the garage stole the safe thinking that it was just going to have jewelry and money in it Mm. um it had jewelry money and it had the white bikini that pamela married tommy lee in oh and what it had a the sex great tape. Story. Also, for anyone who doesn't know this, which I didn't, they met at a New Year's Eve party in like 1994, and Tommy had walked over to her and licked her face at the party, and she licked his face back, and then they didn't talk again for two weeks. And then two weeks later, she was in Cancun doing a photo shoot, and he called her and said, Where are you? And she said, I'm in Cancun. And he goes, I'm coming, and got on a flight. And then they got married 48 hours later. That's honestly romantic. It like, is romantic. I think they're soulmates. Yeah. I just remember when I've interviewed Pamela Anderson. Now I'm looking oh, her my up. God. Yeah, on the phone when she did I a think I knew that. lingerie line. Yeah. 
And then she was talking about how she was, I mean, she was codedly talking about the fact that she was dating Julian Assange. That's right. She was like, I love to just like dress up for my man. And I was like, at the like Ethiopian embassy, <laughs> you visit him. <laughs> That's so insane. She's so iconic. Mm, she's I'm so happy so she's iconic. finally getting the like treatment she deserves. Well, she's really upset apparently about the show. Why? Lily James, she's in such safe hands. So Pamela Anderson hasn't said anything about it, but Courtney Love released a huge statement being like, leave my friend alone, rah, rah, rah. This is the last thing Pam needs. Oh, well, we all yeah. love Courtney, so that's throwing a spanner in the works for me. Did you see Courtney yeah. Love had a fight with Olivia Rodrigo yes. this week? <laughs> yes. That was amazing. I was like, team Courtney, even though she was almost definitely in the wrong. Yeah. So, she just wouldn't stop. I was like, get off. Now. Yeah. So Olivia Rodrigo's album cover, is it? Or a single cover or something looks exactly yeah. like one of Courtney Love's. Yeah, one of Hole's most iconic. Yeah. It's definitely copied from Hole and all yes. these kids are like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. And I'm like, show some respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then she just kept going on and on and on. And she was like, this is my favorite florist in Notting Hill if you want to send me flowers, Olivia. And I was like, just move on. What is her favorite florist? I don't know. I actually didn't say. Oh. She said, this is my favorite florist in Notting Hill. And I was like, what is it? And then she didn't put it in. What? I know. The weirdest part of the whole saga. <laughs> um, team Courtney. <clears throat> team Courtney and Team Pamela always. Yeah. So that's a really interesting podcast series. I can't believe they got married 48 hours after meeting, but then they were only together for three years. They had two kids. So wild. Yeah. People used to just have kids so quickly, like celebrities when they started dating. Yeah, it was, I feel like it was so much more of a thing. Even What's-His-Face, Michelle Williams and Heath Ledger had a kid so quickly. Mm. I think just everyone, or like even Reese Witherspoon and um, yeah, Ryan Phillippe had right. kids so quick when she was 22 or something or 21. Yeah. I guess it's like so Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas having kids where you're like, why? But in their brains, they're like where most adults are, like 35. Yeah. They've lived a life. And I'm surprised um, Justin Bieber and Hayley Baldwin haven't popped out a couple of sprogs. I know. Well, he told Ellen (laughs) (laughs) that Hayley doesn't want to because she's focusing on her career. Love her. Which has been doing very well for her. Yes. 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 (laughs) Okay. On to another misunderstood blonde. Who? Brittany. Brittany. (laughs) It's Brittany, bitch. It's Brittany, bitch. Finally got her day in court. Very heartbreaking testimony. I kind of caught the like key bits of it, but didn't sit and read the entire thing until yesterday. And I feel like a lot of stuff was missed in the stuff that was pulled out for social media. You know, the IUD thing was everywhere, but there was so many. It was like disturbing thing after disturbing thing the entire way through. Yeah, I haven't read the whole thing. Tell me some of the things that people might not know. So basically she said that she... Um, was forced to go on tour, which I think we all kind of knew, mm-hmm. but she was literally forced to go on tour. Like she couldn't leave. She couldn't have a night off. She was physically not allowed to not do it. And then when she decided she didn't want to do the tour anymore, she was sent to a $60,000 a month rehab center that she had to pay for out of her own money when she didn't want to go to it. So they picked this insanely expensive one and sent her there and made her pay for it out of her own dollars. Before that, they put her on lithium. Lithium is like you can become extremely mentally impaired permanently if they give you too much or if they give it to you when you don't actually need it. So it's like I a thought really she dangerous was being drug. Drugged. Yeah. So I'm like, that's the sign. The thing about her being drugged is like extremely true. 
Mm. And she basically said that when she went to that rehab facility and then when she came home afterwards, so for the last few years, she's never been allowed to be on her own ever. So she, even when she's naked getting changed, people are in the room watching her. And the chef, the nannies, like everyone in the house who she is paying through the nose for, she's like they're going on holidays to Maui and stuff because they're getting paid so much money of my money, are being told by my dad and the conservators that they have to watch me 24-7. So they're not even doing their jobs. They're basically just in the house to watch me. So I'm paying millions of dollars out of my own money for people to watch me 24-7 even while I'm getting changed, even while I'm naked coming out of the shower. I I wish she'd said something about Instagram. I'm so interested okay, in her Instagram. Because Instagram is like the elephant in the room where yeah. like Instagram could be used as a case for the fact that she's not mentally very yeah, well. But yeah. it's like if that's... Yeah, I wish she'd said like... Because if people are controlling her every move, they won't let her get changed alone. Surely they're not letting her post things on Instagram. Exactly. Like and whatever they, she wants on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I thought she'd say something like they're trying to make me look crazy yeah. on Instagram uh, by something. Yeah, she but maybe really... she doesn't even like know that that... that that's what I've always thought. I feel like she's being filmed in like a two-way mirror and she's dancing around and they're just putting these clips on. Yeah, or she's taking photos and has no say over what the captions are or something. I don't know. Like it just doesn't feel – something's off about it. Something's off. She basically, as she was talking, the judge kept stopping her and being like, you need to slow down because we need to get every word for the court thing. And she kept being like, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then like slowing down and then having to start again because she was speaking so fast. And she said – I've lied and told the whole world that I'm okay and that I'm happy, but it's a lie. I thought maybe if I said that enough, it would make me become happy because I've been in denial and I've been in shock. I'm extremely traumatized. You know, fake it till you make it. But now I'm telling the truth. I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry. It's insane. And I'm depressed and I cry every single day. So really sad. Really, really sad. And she said... Yeah, with Rita Lithium, she said, not only did my family not do a goddamn thing, my dad was all for it. Anything that happened to me had to be approved by my dad and my dad only. He acted like he didn't know, but I was told I had to be tested over the Christmas holidays before they sent me away. When my kids went home to Louisiana, he was the one who approved all of it. My whole family did nothing. So people are now calling for Britney Spears' sister to be dumped from like the Netflix show she's in or something. Because right. everyone's just like, you, you are acting like you're supporting her but you're you're all obviously aware of what's going on i also want to know what the deal is with her little like toy boy boyfriend same i'm confused by him same i think that he obviously is obsessed with the money and stuff but like lisa what's her name lisa um Beverly Hills Housewives. Oh, Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump's boy that lived in the house. Oh, yes, Cedric. Yeah. Like, he has Cedric energy. Cedric energy. Yeah. But I also think he wants her to be free and happy. He probably wants to be free and happy so they can do whatever they want, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I think, like, the thing about this is, like, really difficult. I mean, I think we can just all agree that she's in a sound enough mind to be able to make decisions such as not being I just think the legal parameters for not being allowed to be left alone for a single minute need to be so high it needs to be like a serious serious threat to the public and to yourself in which case you shouldn't live at home and be touring and performing and have your children with you and stuff which she obviously isn't so I think that it's pretty clear that this conservatorship shouldn't exist the thing that's also so awful about this whole thing is I feel like the conservatorship has like made her more mentally unwell yeah, which course. is now going to affect her for life, which is really sad as well because it's almost created reasons for people to not grant her 
the freedom because she kept saying all through it, judge, I want you to get rid of the conservatorship, but I don't want a mental evaluation. And apparently the thing is that they give you a mental evaluation and that's how they decide whether or not the conservatorship continues. And she said literally like five, four or five times, I don't want the evaluation. I don't want the mental evaluation. And I think that... Yeah, I think they're just going to trick her and she's not going to get out by these things. Yes, that's what I... They kind of painted her into a corner. Even at the end, the judge said something along the lines of, I want to help you or something, but it needs to actually be filed through the courts. So something still hasn't even been filed to get her out of it. And she said something like, I didn't know I could request to get out of this. Like there was a basic piece of piece of paperwork that she basically just didn't, didn't even have anyone in yeah. her life to teach her that she could do that. And yeah. that's where I'm like, what's the boyfriend doing posing on all the Instagrams? Can't he do some separate independent research <laughs> on his own? He's got two brain cells, Grace. Oh, oh my God. Like I think even with all the support and all this knowledge and stuff, it'll be as simple as the judge saying, like, you need to file this thing. And her not filing the thing for whatever reason because people won't let her or, like, she doesn't understand or her lawyers aren't helping her or whatever. I think it'll be, like, the legality of it that will stop her, the paperwork or, or something. It's, it's so sad. And then her father released a statement that was so gaslighty where he was just like, I just want her to be mentally well. All I care about is looking after her. Like, today it was obviously upsetting hearing her saying all this stuff, just making it out like she – was being crazy again Mm. and I think the thing that's so fucked up when you think about it it just sounds like such a unique form of torture is if someone it's like as soon as someone starts looking at you like you're crazy I remember being really 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 high once and everyone was like are you people were like laughing at me yeah and then you're like trying to show that you're not high but everyone's got in their head so they think every single thing that you do is funny and weird and Mm. I'm like it's it's that feeling where like nothing you can do can make people convinced and then everything that you do becomes more evidence of the fact yeah. <laughs> that you're crazy. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what's happened with her where it's like every single thing she does left or right is just being framed through this thing of like, is that that's not really a normal thing to do. It's like she's been at home for 13 years. Of course, she's not going to be fully normal. Yeah. It's so sad. I read a piece by Amber Tamblin. Mm. on the New York Times how she she wrote about becoming famous she's an actress and she was a child actress and she started making her own money at the age of 10 in like indie films and then in soap operas and then was just making heaps and heaps of money and she said that when that shift took place her parents stepped in to manage it all which always seems to happen it's always like parents becoming managers which I find quite intense and crazy same and she was saying my father acted as my co-manager and my mother managed my finances my money paid for our vacations dinners out and sometimes even the bills when it finally came time to disentangle our personal and professional relationships it was deeply painful for all three of us and just wrote a big thing about the complications and consequences that come with finding like fame and then financial success at such a young age and how challenging it can be even when people have the best of intentions. So she's saying her family had the best of intentions and it still like impacted their relationships for life, let alone when people are just – like money turns people fucking crazy. Money turns people crazy, but I was also thinking about how confusing that would be. Say, for example, if you were a parent and your child at seven years old started making millions of dollars. Mm. I think 
on one hand, you're like, well, I would just put this all into a high interest account and save it until they turned thing. But then you'd also be like, okay, but this is taking us a lot of time and energy because we're on set with them every day and we're managing their contacts and we're picking the projects that they do or whatever. So we should be getting paid. And also we're giving them their lifestyle at the moment because we're parents. So like, do we want to live in a bigger house? Cause it means they'll be living in a bigger house. Do we want to be eating nicer food? Because it means they're going to be eating mm-hmm. nicer food. Like the divide isn't there if it's a child star. Yeah. So then the question becomes like, is this collective money or not? And then Amber Tamlin talked about how she then became the person that, you know, extended family or aunts and uncles or people that were having financial trouble came to. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's so difficult because I'm like, if it was my family, for example, and I, I think it's because child acting and stuff doesn't feel it feels almost like luck. <laughs> like, yeah. I know you have to work, but you're also like, okay, you're a child star. It's not like you're a brain surgeon or mm-hmm. something. So then you think, well, why shouldn't someone who basically just got $6 million from being cute and saying a few lines help their grandma pay for surgery or something? Yeah. Because yeah. who cares? Why are you entitled to have $15 million by the time you're 18? But if you earned the money, you can also see how you think, well, it's my money, so fuck off. Yeah, and you would also just – it would be the confusion about why people are in your life and why people are wanting things from you. Like, I think at the start, you would have the best of intentions. Like, even just then, you were probably about to say something like, if it was my family, you. I feel like everyone's thought is you would just give them the money because mm-hmm. you don't need that much money. Yeah. But I think it would be more about the – not actually about the money per se, but about the actual – active people constantly asking things from you and and never knowing like whether someone's hanging out with you because they want money or because they like she was saying that she had to she ended up being the one that always picked out the bill for her friends Mm -hmm. and it's like you don't care because you have enough money to do it but it's when you feel like you're being taken advantage of that you do yeah exactly i just can't imagine how that would feel Mm -mm. and what you, you obviously just can't say how you'd feel until you have it and also as an actress especially you have no idea it's not a career with longevity necessarily. So it's like maybe this is – I'm making good money now, but maybe it's all going to stop the day I turn 30. So I can't really just be handing it out like it's candy because – 30? At least so like 40, 50? Kind of. I'm just thinking about someone like Anna <laughs> yeah. Tamlin who's like a child. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. For that where you're not, you know, no Natalie Portman. You're like just kind of getting – cutesy roles mm. no shade on her I actually think she's really cool and she's like directing and stuff now but I, yeah I just think it would be confusing if you turned 18 yeah um another thing that Britney's horrible family did is they sent her to therapy three times a week and then told her no one could come to her house for it even though she was really scared to go out and do it in public and then they picked somewhere in Westlake that was so massively swarmed with paparazzi and then tipped paparazzi off that she was going to be there so there's all these pictures of her coming out of her therapy like in tears because she had a really intense session and there was just a mob of paparazzi so all the pictures that people have seen of her is her just crying and looking like a mess oh and my her family God. like did that on purpose wow what is wrong with people i just feel i just feel like sick about it i just want her to be out but then i also am like i want her to be out so she can do an oprah interview and then that <laughs> makes me really hate myself because i'm that's the problem so yeah. we feel entitled to her story. Yeah, yeah. I want her to be out so she can. I also want her to be free, but I, yeah. I don't want to hear her yeah. <laughs> do an interview. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Speaking of actors and actresses potentially getting dumped when they turn 30 because their looks, mm-hmm. there has been a piece in the New York Times last week about lookism. And it's basically talking about how people 
are treated poorly for being unattractive, but despite us talking about like various forms of discrimination all the time, there's no conversation about discrimination against people who aren't beautiful or who are deemed ugly by society. I just which is quite hate interesting. The word ugly. The yeah. word ugly just sends my or fugly. Remember makes, when people used yeah, to say fugly? Yeah, makes my skin crawl. I think it's the most ugly word in the yeah. English language, and it's so subjective. But yeah, I yeah, I do. Agree. We talked about this before. Beauty, the look, beauty. the lookism thing. Or yeah, the like be- thing. yeah, like beauty is just such a fucking privilege. Yeah, and it says yeah. And survey after survey, I remember I said on the pod that me and my ex boyfriend got in a fight about <laughs> why you broke up <laughs> about it when I said something about how beautiful people are treated differently, and he was like, "Oh, I don't know if they are," and I was like, "This wasn't a question." Like. It's, You're crazy. Yeah, it's been there's proven. And then in this piece, he, he like references all of the studies. So in study after study, beautiful people are described as trustworthy, competent, friendly, likable, and intelligent, while quote-unquote ugly people get the opposite labels. This is a version of the halo effect. So it's saying that the halo effect is our brains being wired because our brains are actually wired to find it easier to look at people with symmetrical features. Mm-hmm. So there's like a hard wiring in there. And then it says that not all the time, but often the attractive get first class treatment. Research suggests they're more likely to be offered job interviews, more likely to be hired when interviewed and more likely to be promoted than less attractive individuals. They're more likely to receive loans and more likely to receive lower interest rates on those loans. An American worker who is among the bottom one seventh in looks. One seventh. So specific. Earns about 10 to 15% less a year than one in the top third. So an unattractive person misses out on nearly a quarter of a million dollars in earnings over a lifetime. That's so insane. Mm. But it's so, it's like. It's so true, true. that thing about, I think something I realized a few years ago was that we make like positive assumptions about beautiful people. Like I think for a long time I've assumed it's like what Hollywood is based off when we look at beautiful people, we assume that they're nice and we assume that they're- Or interesting. Interesting and funny or we like overly compensate with things that they say and do when if you actually just looked at a transcript of anything, it's so bland. It really is this thing that we just like naturally warm to and are interested in people that are beautiful and obviously the negative side effect is that we do the inverse to people that we don't think are beautiful Mm, for sure I remember when I was younger like even probably recently like I don't know but I remember like specifically seeking out the the or like listening to more or wanting to hang out with more the beautiful girls over the not like at a party or whatever which is just so insane you know someone called me ugly once (laughs) I'm so serious a girl her name's and we were friends in high school and I moved high schools halfway through high school and I ran into her and then she told another friend she was like oh my god Grace has got so ugly and then what your other friend told you yeah (laughs) (laughs) told me no yeah yeah and I was like oh my god I've literally been called ugly which is so crazy but I think I had braces and I had some like I've been called ugly what yeah I think I think most women would have been called ugly I was called ugly. I was called fat. Um, a guy once said I was um, kissing this boy, like at a party or something, and he was like really hot. <laughs> to be fair to him, um, but he had been dating like this other girl who also was really hot and still is. I like weirdly saw her recently, and 
they had broken up or something and then this guy this other like gay guy stormed over and oh, um course. yeah and goes like he must have been friends with the ex and was like i thought you said she was pretty she's oh, okay that woman from bridget jones diary something like i thought you said she was pretty something transpired where he said i was a four out of ten <laughs> He goes, she's a four out of ten at the most, and then for like years was just that's such a bitchy. Thing but to it was say. so it was just yeah. like this funny joke for years that I was a four. I think that became my nickname. Four, four. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, oh, that's awful. I, don't, I think I don't think it's a rare thing for girls to have been called ugly. Right. I feel like by another girl has a certain like. I mean, it's awful from everyone, but I think girls are like honest. You know, yeah. Like a, men, girl, a girl, a girl drove to my house once and screamed at the, out of a car at me saying that I was fucking ugly and fat. But what did you do? I, um, it, was <laughs> to do with, it was to do with a boy. Of course. Um, That's what I mean. I'm like, there was no, mine was like, like it wasn't like someone yeah. saying it out of spite or yeah. jealousy. It was like genuinely, she was just like interested in stating it as this kind of objective fact. Like, she was like, it's so interesting that like Grace got ugly. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason that stung so much more if a guy thought I was ugly. Cause I'm like, okay, that would just be on the spectrum. It's not nice obviously, but I'm like, you can say that if you're upset with someone or you're trying to make them feel bad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lie. When she said I was fat, I was like, oh. No. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I didn't know that. But God. <laughs> um, I know that. I think ugly is just the most heinous. I don't know why, just the more we're saying it, it's like blowing my brain. But I just think it's, I, I think this idea that, that certain people are ugly is just ridiculous. I think it's so subjective because it's, it's it, you know, so many of for example, like we always talk about how there's girl hot and guy hot. Like so many of the people that I think are the most beautiful women in the world, I think men wouldn't necessarily agree yeah, because yeah. we look at sort of angular looking models. Like a lot of people have like really big statement noses and things. Like I, I think it's not subjective, but there's obviously things like they're still models, though. <laughs> they're still models. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There's obviously yeah. things like symmetry and bone structure and. Yeah, but I, I, it's also funny because so after I read that piece, I read another piece by this writer called Megan Dolan. She wrote it in 2019 and it was called Why Do We All Have to Be Beautiful? And it was just, mm-hmm. and she was just writing about how like when she was a kid, she, there was this huge mirror on a street near her home in Ireland and how every time she saw it, it just reminded her of how the world saw her because it was a mirror that, she, you know, she wasn't prepared for. Like mm. the mirrors in your room or when you look at yourself in a mirror – and you know you're going to you put on a like you put on a face mm. or you look at your best angle or you see yourself how you want to see yourself mm-hmm. but when it's just boom in your face when you're walking down the street she was just like it just reminded me of how the world really sees me and that I'm not beautiful and she was just kind of saying the reason it stings so much that we're like not deemed beautiful or whatever is because society puts so much emphasis on it and also puts emphasis on being like no, but anyone can be be- like you know mm-hmm. you, anyone can be beautiful, yeah, and then you yeah. just and then you stress out about it for your whole life trying to change various parts of how you look to fit into this expectation, like the beauty myth, mm-hmm. where you end up spending women specifically end up spending so much time trying to find this like elusive thing where they're beautiful of like getting their eyebrows done, getting their hair done, getting their nails done, getting their whatever done, mm-hmm. putting makeup on, going to the gym, like etc. Yeah. And she was just like. I don't know whether it's more or less harmful to project to the world that everyone can be beautiful instead of just seeing it as something that a few genetically blessed people 
have and just moving on. I think we should think of it the way we think of like intelligence or talent or whatever, where it's just we, I think with it's just luck it's interesting actually because i just read Breeley's book who gets to be smart mm. when we interviewed her she's mm-hmm. in the pod mm-hmm. that book is really about how she has a lot of insecurity about her intelligence and she goes to oxford and meets with road scholars and things and she has this moment of just being like oh my god i'm never it doesn't matter how hard i try i'm never going to be this intelligent and I, I, i've never ever read someone talking about intelligence that way but it's the way that everyone i know talks about being beautiful <laughs> Which is this idea of just getting really hung up on the fact that you're not going to be this thing that is like showcased to you as attainable. I feel at least in my life and experience, I don't know, that there is more of an acceptance that like some people are smart and some people are not and they go to, you know, become doctors and lawyers and study at an elite level and you don't have this level of resentment and constant striving you're just staying in your lane and doing your job and maybe reading more and maybe you'd like to be more well informed but it's not this obsessive thing that you hinge your entire character on mm. whereas with beauty I, I, if we just turn beauty into that as well where our parents were like some people are just born beautiful and you're not and it's not a big deal because yeah. you're also all of these other things that people wish they were or being funny it's like yeah. we just accept some people are funny and some people aren't and we don't sit and cry about it and desperately try to become more funny like just, read jokes <laughs> read jokes and like study it and do all this weird stuff we just accept you are or you're not it's i think Mm. beauty should just be that yeah like even just i just saw this like gorgeous girl on the street today and her skin just had absolutely no blemishes and she was just tanned and she had like cute freckles and it's like i have freckles too but when i look at my freckles in the mirror i don't think they're cute but then i see them on another person i think they're cute and it's like what is up with that I know it is it is that whole thing of the beauty industry just teaching us that everything can and should be fixed which is just insane and then by us buying into that we're like making other women feel that way and then we're all just contributing to this insane ecosystem if we all just woke up tomorrow I'm like nah (laughs) so much would change I know no one will do it it's actually just funny that we don't talk about it as a form of discrimination yeah and it's also a form of social mobility for women like watching real housewives of new york as i basically only do you basically just see this dynamic this fascinating to watch of like women that have no kind of education no work background aren't funny really aren't like talented at anything and they live in these palatial mansions and all they did was just lean into their beauty really mm. strongly mm. in a certain time threshold and married. Like Christiana. Yeah. Married a gazillionaire mm. and then are like set up with a life. That's They're going to have way, 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 way more money than someone that trained for nine years to be a doctor and works as a whatever, surgeon brain yeah. surgeon, you know. So it's like as long as that continues to exist, that's also bad because it's creating like an incentive. Yeah. It's how you get power. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. On to dating apps. So we have been wanting to talk about dating apps for like months now and things just keep popping up to get in the way. But the a funny piece this week, which I wanted to bring up on the pod because it was probably the best thing I read this week on the cut, was talking about dating apps and how this woman writer in New York who had her like second back, so she jumped back on the apps and wanted to like get out and she saw... Have a bus. Yeah, have a bus. <laughs> and she noticed that... Everyone on dating apps now is just talking about dismantling capitalism. So she said there was Enzo, a man with a mustache and a professional headshot who identified his love language as the decommodification of food, housing and healthcare. Oh my God. Shortly after, I came across a guy named Jordan whose profile said together we could make art, dismantle the system and eat grapes at the park. He was followed by Carl who posing with a yellow Labrador said he wanted to watch the collapse of the American empire. So it's, it's quite funny because it's just talking about how just... It's become so cool now to be so woke on these apps, which is just so cringe and jarred. I know. I was kind of trying to decide because part of me was like, I guess if that's something that you you really, really do believe in and it's a huge part of your personality, then maybe it is the first thing that you want to put out to people because you really don't want to bother wasting your time with anyone who doesn't agree with you but it obviously just comes across as as just being really like virtue signaling and yeah embarrassing yeah so like obviously it would be a practical way to kind of filter out people who don't have the same political beliefs but then also so tinder which i don't know if anyone still uses that i think it's less gross over here deemed less gross but in wow. australia and new zealand people are on hinge or bumble i think yeah but tinder's tried to keep up with like people's growing desire to affiliate with progressive causes. So they've added Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ plus rights and feminism as tags you can list for your passions beyond just activism and politics. Um, but Hinge still limits your political affiliation to three options, liberal, moderate and conservative. So you can have those things already without mm-hmm. having to put that in your bio. I feel like it's just a way of people trying to be quirky and funny. And on Hinge, it's it is embarrassing because you have to answer those three questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and you want to be you want to be funny, and you want to be kind of not too serious and not too lame. It is very stressful. It feels like the current version of I'm trying to think what it used to be, like saying I smoke weed or something. It just mm. feels like that kind of embarrassing, like certain type of. It's like soft boy behavior, a certain type of. Yeah. If anyone doesn't follow Beam Me Up Soft Boy, it's like the best Instagram account on the internet and it's just Soft Boy's dating app behavior. I think it's just that vibe where they'll yeah. be like, please tell me you've seen Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that energy yeah, to exactly. it where you're like, no, okay, we all understand this. And I think the assumption as well for anyone that you're in a dating app now with, I just think the base level is that you believe in Black Lives Matter and like gay rights yeah like it's funny to me that you even need to put in like i believe in gay rights it's like didn't we all just agree that was a thing and you're weird if you if it comes out you don't believe in that yeah. instead of having to opt in that you do or believing in 
I get you can be passionate about feminism or whatever, but I just think it's like what the left seems to be doing a lot, which is everyone's on exactly the same page and we keep pretending that we're not by being like, we have to put this on to exclude people that don't think like us. And it's like, no, we all think the same Mm. pretty much. Yeah. If you're a right-wing conservative, it's going to come out pretty quickly when you start chatting. Yeah, exactly. You know. yeah, exactly. And people were saying, so the, the journalists talked to friends on apps and people were just saying, you know, I, I'm all for like eating the rich and whatever. But yeah. like having that in someone's profile makes me just think that they're going to like mansplain marks to me mm. before we even get a first drink. And it's just not it's so like, I think, it, I, yeah, I think if you actually know about these things beyond just saying it because you think it sounds woke or saying it because you think it makes you sound informed and and cool then you you wouldn't feel like you needed to put it in your and you'd also take the attitude of like i think with any of these things if it's just your belief system that you actually have you would mm. just be interested in talking to someone open-mindedly and trying to get them on your side instead of being like you need to believe in exactly what i do before we even bother to meet up it's just so childish yeah it's also it's also like quite funny the girl put in the piece about how being a successful capitalist which is someone who's essentially rich and powerful used to be seen as an attractive quality so mm. especially in new york and that for a long time mr big was the man everyone wanted in their lives um and now it just feels like it's it feels like for a lot of people it's just jumping on the like anti-capitalism thing is kind of just it's just become memeified. Exactly. And I love how she brought up that there's just like this kind of sad irony to the fact that people are putting that on when they're using apps that are owned by like billionaires yeah. in the Silicon yes. Valley as their like method of meeting people. Like surely if you're really, really, really into all of this stuff, you're not engaging with the nature of Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so silly. I know. It's so it's so funny to me how I honestly do think a big part of all of this shit is that people just aren't taught like we're not really taught history properly and we're not taught enough about history or whatever because I just feel like so many people are reading things for the first time on Instagram or TikTok and then ingesting two or three things they've seen and trying to build a value system behind it instead of actually going and reading all the books that they say they do and like coming up with informed opinions because I'm like Mm. if you did you would understand that all these things are nuanced and difficult and yeah I don't know I'm just like there's so many complexities to this like eat the rich argument that are so ignored it becomes boring to me when people just use these catchphrases. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, yeah, eat the rich, but also what do you think about the fact that 1% also create like 85% of jobs in the USA? Do you want the government to be running jobs? It's like, it's like when you actually start to try and then quiz people on it, no one cares. Yeah, or even just the, the literal issue with the society we live in right now is because no one can think of an alternative to capitalism Yeah, because people are scared of communism and whatever – and everyone's just reading the ba- the the footnotes of everything. Yes. No one's going deep enough to be like, okay, well, how do we change these things? And this is why I think people get frustrated. I'm getting in an argument with a listener when I was basically like, I think Joe Biden needs to win the Democratic primary because I think Bernie Sanders, I've read a lot through his proposals and obviously they're like much more aligned with my beliefs, but I also don't think they're going to get enough like people across the line because he can't explain how he's going to fund stuff. So like with free Medicare for all, it was going to cost $10 trillion. And then when he was asked how he was going to do it, he was like quite loosey-goosey on the exact (laughs) details, right? And I said this to the listener, I was like, if you can find me somewhere where he explains 
how he's going to pay for that. I will like get and do a like mea culpa on the podcast or whatever. But like in the, every debate I've watched and every article I've read, I haven't been able to find that. And she kind of said, well, you're focusing on the wrong things because we just want to be like changing society for the good and things like money shouldn't matter. And I was like, well, no, because <laughs> like you have to get the it money sh- from it sh- somewhere. Like it shouldn't, but it does. It shouldn't, but it just it's, that's it does, just a fact. Yeah. Like we yeah. can't live in a dream fantasy world. So yeah. it's like. It's like obviously everyone wants Bernie to be president yeah we need to explain it to people we're not idiots like you explain to people and say okay we want to put in medicare for all it's going to cost 10 trillion dollars that means that we're going to raise the tax rates to 40 percent for the middle class and 80 percent for the like elites and that's the only way we're going to be able to afford to do it but it'll make our society better and then the elites in the middle class will vote no yeah they can decide if they are willing to do that payoff and if they say no then you're not getting in and it's like if that's literally just the reality of how it's going to work then you need to spend time which may take years educating people that are going to get higher taxes as to why it's worth it for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, people just don't want to, like, have those conversations. And I think that's why I get really frustrated with, like, a lot of this online chatter because there's just so much hypocrisy. It's just, like, these people that post this, these fucking soft boy guys they're talking about would also have, like, supreme skateboards and, like... <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> you know what they, I mean? yeah, they would engaged. also just yeah. be living in, like, top to designer things. Yeah. And like living in a hyper gentrified neighborhood that's like pushed out poor black and brown people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I just think it's, yeah, it's funny. But anyway, so dating apps. Recently, there have been so many advice columns on online dating, mm. especially as lockdowns have been easing in the States and in the UK. So first, a few months ago, Dolly Alderton answered a listener's question for Sunday Style, who basically wrote in just saying, She'd been single and actively dating and looking for years, but she hates dating apps. She's 27, she's been single for three years, and she's been on quite a few apps, but just none have worked, which I think is a situation that so many women especially Mm -hmm. are in, where it's like that really tricky ground of being single, actively like looking or interested in finding someone, Mm -hmm. but the only avenue it feels these days is dating apps bar like joining your like grandma's nursery plant gardening group <laughs> like you know and yeah so they feel stuck because you end up going on this app which you hate you hate being on it you're embarrassed you hate spending time on there whenever you do spend time on there and you get excited about meeting someone like this happened to me and you when we were both single you'd start talking to someone you'd be like oh wow they seem really cool they seem really interested in what i'm interested in this could go somewhere they either ghost you like literally people would like i would be chatting to someone and then someone would just unmatch me mm-hmm. before we'd even met or you'd go on a date it would it just wouldn't go anywhere it'd be a waste of time like mm-hmm. it's just and i think the hardest part about it is that dating apps feel so kind of counterintuitive because attraction is just so much based on chemistry and Mm. so little like in my experience based on actual physical looks totally but that's all you see yeah from like the eat the rich hashtag yes exactly i remember being at like a drinks with a bunch of girls i worked with and they were all married and they all said that none of them would have swiped on their husband yeah on tinder or any dating apps or whatever it's the same thing we've talked about with social media they're based around the same technology that like keep that is addictive where they're kind of selling a false fantasy and i've actually in that that book i was reading jaron lenier's book about why you should delete your social media i don't i haven't looked this up to see if it's true but he said that dating app companies put in fake profiles of really attractive engaging looking people 
to fill the space mm. because there's not enough actual people in your area or they'll bring, they, they'll show you someone that actually lives in like Holland as if they live down the road from you and they'll never match back with you because they're not even seeing you, but it's to keep you oh engaged my God. on the content. Yeah. Another thing that friends of mine have talked about, yeah, we haven't looked at if this is actually true, but but when you don't use the apps for a while and then you go back on after having like a few weeks off or just not being on them and you go on, the first bunch of people you see are all like ridiculously attractive, mm-hmm. all into the same things as you. And you're like, wow, there's like so many people Why on this. Wasn't I on here? There's so many yeah. opportunities. And then within two days, you're like, oh my God, this hellhole again. Yeah. And it's that same like reward and punishment loop that keeps you addicted to every other app where it literally will drop you in based on the algorithm of who you like. Someone who looks just perfect for you. Mm. It's pulling it out of somewhere else. That person doesn't exist and isn't near you to just keep you on. So you might be like, okay, I'm just going to do like five more swipes and I'm going to get off and they'll make the sixth one someone who looks perfect. They're never going to match you back. So you're hinging on that. You've got that feeling of rejection. So then if you've got a feeling of rejection, you want validation. So you'll go on a dating app. It's like the, the same cycles of addiction that keeps you on there, which I think is really important for people to understand because I think there is this view now that it's dating apps or nothing, but the dating apps are they're kind of like false prophets like obviously heaps of people have met on dating apps and they have been really effective in many 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 relationships but this idea as well of what they sell you is not true yeah and how they kind of manipulate the brains like the grass is always greener mentality is so Mm. and, and it also just kind of encourages that fucking fuck boy like useless ghosting behavior because it's so simple to just unmatch someone Mm -hmm. which is so cruel and unnecessary and lazy but people just do it because it's so easy to do and then you can just go on to the next person so quickly but then at the same time so so many i think so many women who are listening to this right now will be nodding along but at the same time they'll just be like well what do we do because Mm -hmm. if you're not on the on the dating apps you basically are not really meeting anyone unless you are actively going out every friday or saturday night to house parties finding Mm -hmm. like people who you don't know and and engaging with their groups because you're probably not going to find someone in your immediate circle. And another thing that I was speaking to maybe you about or someone else about was that what's kind of happened now is that people look at single people, which is so ridiculous and wrong. And this is what I told you. I felt like when me and my ex-boyfriend broke up was people look at you as if you're someone to feel sorry for or something, Mm -hmm. or there's something wrong with you or whatever. And so people have kind of stopped doing the setup so much mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. it feels like you're insinuating something's wrong with a person or that they are actively looking or that they're unhappy being single. If you say, oh, I'll set you up with someone, it kind of feels like you're like crossing a line exactly. and it's not necessary. Yeah. But then so many, so many single women are just like, please set me up. Like I would love it if you thought of a, of a, of a single friend that I would get along with and, and set us up. It's so much nicer. It's so much nicer, but I think it's that it's that combination of, like, people do not want to intrude and people don't want to do it because this, like, you know, sex in the city, find me a good man culture is, like, dead. Yeah. It's almost gone so far in the other direction, I think, as well, where contributing to that is, like, women don't really so much want to express that they might want to meet a partner anymore because there's a level of like, no, you're a feminist, you're independent. Why do you want to yeah. meet someone? So yeah. I think it's a combination of those two things that people don't ask. And that's why I think you get these like unhinged pockets of women like getting together who are also single and dating and just kind of talk and act in this manic way because they feel like they can't do it with their friends that are in relationships or whatever. And I think that's really bad as well because I think like 
this happened to both of us when we were single, you can get in this like unhealthy mindset where you're just talking to other people that are dating and then you find yourself obsessing over text messages or obsessing over the last time someone talked to you or obsessing over how long you should wait to text someone. And I think that's like such unhealthy behavior. Yeah, it makes you crazy. It makes you so crazy. So yeah, I think that idea of bringing back, setting up people, it's a lot of pressure. I feel like- Or just setting up people in a nice, or like actually, I feel like so much people who are in relationships just kind of, either don't take enough of an interest or or don't think it's their place or something. But it's even as simple. I was talking to a single friend about this on Saturday night and she was just like, I would absolutely love, like love for someone to set me up. And it's just even just asking, like mm-hmm. being like, I'm not sure if you're, I think if they're one of your good friends, you know that they're on dating apps. You know mm-hmm. that they're dating because they're telling you about it. Mm-hmm. So just stopping and thinking for a second, like, oh, is there any of my partner's friends or friends of friends that like this person would get along with or bringing them to a barbecue or a dinner party or just or just I don't know I've set up two couples who are still together to this day Mm. one of them just got engaged the other ones have had a baby oh great track record we need to bring back the dinner parties bring back the dinner party bring back the like when Harry met Sally I'll bring a friend, you bring a friend, we'll all go to a restaurant together and it's informal and fun yeah, and Yeah, and who cares if you, don't, if you don't get along, it's just fun. We'll just hang nice out. Nice to meet someone. Exactly. I think it's as well, I think our generation is, to go back to what we talked about last week, like really bad with conflict and don't really know how to let people down romantically and I think that freaks us out. I don't know if that's just me talking. I think that freaks us out with the whole casual dating thing. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this idea I went out with a guy when I was dating and he was really nice. We went to a comedy show and there was just like not a vibe, but he was like a nice, interesting guy. And I literally just needed to be like, hey, like I actually really loved meeting you. I didn't feel a spark or whatever, but blah, blah, blah. And then he could just be someone that if I bumped into or saw or whatever, it would be fine. Then instead I ghosted him, which I feel really guilty about. Yeah. Or someone that you ended up being like, but that would really suit this friend yeah or something yeah that's very new york we need to bring the new york dating mentality to the rest of the world we need to franchise it yeah and export it um because i just think yeah the dating app thing can just be so so ridiculously disheartening it just is so disheartening you get on it on a sunday night when you've had a like when you're hungover and you've had a big weekend and you're feeling vulnerable and lonely and you swipe for a bit and then you match with some this it literally is just a cycle repeating you match with someone you talk to them for a bit they drop off or you drop off or like i don't know and then another week goes by and you're just like what has even happened it's such a time suck too it's such a time suck it's just it's crazy and it's also i think so many of the people i know that have successfully met on tinder have been like six degrees of separate separation away from each other Mm. and if you found that like couples who met on tinder but they had university classes together and had like seen each other across the room but didn't want to say hello or like knew someone who knew someone or you know what i mean had met once ages ago and then there's a lot of that as well yeah yeah because dating apps can show you that you're actually keen even if you know the person exactly i actually think not to blow my own uh horn or anything but i actually think i'm pretty good at yeah i'm like what is the instrument at figuring out dating apps and it's Mm -hmm. so much to do with looking at the vibe of the photos not looking at the person (laughs) no because because it's like as you said so many people would have swiped no whatever the way no is to their partners on dating apps because of how they look in photos but a sign of someone like someone who has really professional looking photos on dating apps is probably not someone you want to date a guy or a girl 
I mean, girls are probably quite different because girls are so much better with photos. But a guy who has bad photos, blurry photos, <laughs> crappy photos is yeah. probably more someone you want to date, but they would just look like shit online. Yes. So my like thing that I always would do is like look at the clothes they're wearing, mm-hmm. where they are in the photos, like and just the general vibe and then swipe on that instead of swiping on anything to do with what they look like. Yeah. And look at how it worked out for you. Pregnant with your first child. Pregnant with my first child. <laughs> no, but I think that's I think that's a really good point. I think what social like dating apps have done, which I think is really sad, but which I understand, is it's removed the onus to go and talk to people in real life because that's scary and you know you can do it on dating apps. So I think the downside is that like that thing of someone just coming up to you, which I don't know. I do feel a bit bad for men nowadays because I feel like it just 95% of the time wouldn't end well because people would be like, stop street harassing me. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. But I'm like, so you would just be like, okay, I'll just go online because at least I know they're interested in me because they've I know, swiped on me. I know, me. but I'm also like – Just learn to not be a freak. Yeah, yeah. but I'm also like feel the vibe there too. Yeah. Like if she's if you catch eyes and you're looking at each other a bunch mm-hmm. and like just – if you find a girl attractive or a guy attractive and smile at them across the bar, you'll catch eyes a few more times. You'll end up like in the same proximity. Then you'll talk. I've never had that happen. I don't think I know anyone who's like had met someone like just in a completely random, no. like a bar or something and had someone come up to them and be like, hi, and has actually dated them. I literally, when I was younger, I remember asking my mom, I was like, how do people actually meet each other? Like, literally, how do they do it? Do you just go up to someone yeah, that you think did, is hot how, on the how, street? How, how does did it they work? do that back in the olden days? Yeah, and she was like, I don't know. You just, like, meet someone through someone or you yeah. talk to someone or whatever. Yeah, my parents mine... met like that. My dad went up to my mum at, like, a disco in the well, 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've that's happened to me with exes, but it's been, like, a party friend, with, a party with friends of friends. Yeah. But, yeah. It's hard. It's also hard as you get older and cannot be fucked leaving the house ever. Yeah, exactly. And I think the thought of going out to like a bar to try and meet someone sounds so tiring. But then going to yeah, going to a fun party or going to a dinner party is, is great. People just need to have more house parties and dinner parties. Yeah, I agree. I think that's actually the answer to this. Long someone had a um, my boyfriend was telling me that someone had a a like green. Like, what is that? A red, orange, or green oh, party? That's really English, I think. But only greens were allowed to come, so only single people were allowed to go. And he said he went and got there, and then there was just a, like a, a girl from his work there, and they were so embarrassed. He was just like, "What are you doing here?" And she was like, "A friend of a friend dragged me here," and he was like, "Same." And then they both just like avoided each other the whole night. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I'm excited for that. Actually, post pandemic mm. house stuff. Mm. The strangers. Yeah. Okay. Jardin moments of the week. Can you please quickly fill us yes. in on the most random couple in the world? Yes. Okay. So we did talk about this, but I was kind of rambling like a lunatic. So I cut it, but now it's reared its head again. So John Mullaney is a comedian who I love. He used to be a writer on SNL and now he's a stand-up and he's just amazing. And he's really cute. He 
He's one of those stand-ups that manages to be really, really funny in this very kind of innocent way. Like he's never like my fucking wife and all that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I love, I love, I always find the funniest comedy, someone who can just be funny about something so stupid, like funny yeah. about you losing the TV remote. I'll just be like, oh my God. Yeah, some of it, I w- will watch it later. I'll see if you like it. I think it's so, I feel like you'd probably have a crush on him if you had a crush on James A. Caster. Yeah. He's got that like lanky, that, like, geeky, geeky energy. energy yeah. yeah. And anyway, I think he's like a genius. And he was married to his wife, Anna Marie Tendler, who I'm just obsessed with because her job description is so random. It's like lampshade, upholster, and makeup artist, and doing a BA in costume design at NYU or something. Just like a a true jack of all trades, like lady. And they were together, they were married for six years. It's one of those things where they got together and got married before he became famous. And he would talk about her a lot in his stand-up and he spoke about her very lovingly, which was really nice. And then he had talked in his stand-up about how he used to be addicted to Coke and didn't drink or do anything anymore. And then at the end of 2020, it came out that he'd had to go to rehab. And because he's very like beloved in Hollywood, all these people were coming out saying, we hope you're okay, John Mulaney. And then he got out and, of rehab. Um, one of those people. One of those people. On Twitter. Was Olivia Munn. Moon, I don't know her name is, who is just one of those kind of... She's a, about town, isn't she? She's a girl about town. Yeah. I think of her pre-Harry, Meghan Markle, and maybe like Meghan Fox as a, yeah. a kind of similar trifecta of Of random people. That you just know, but you don't know how you know yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, um, Olivia Colpo, I get her um, confused with all the time. Oh. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I feel like that's... Yeah, a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A person. Yes. <laughs> That's a person. So anyway, she yeah, so she tweeted, you can get through this, hashtag John Mulaney. John Mulaney gets out of rehab, dumps his wife. Like immediately. Immediately files for divorce from her. And she was completely blindsided. She was blindsided. She goes, I am heartbroken. I like know this statement off by heart. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm completely heartbroken that John has decided to end our marriage. And then her friends leak to page six that good friends good friends yeah her friends led to page six that she was in rehab at the same time for emotional trauma because of his infidelity his repeated infidelity and he's this like squeaky clean good good boy. boy persona so this is all like crazy and then three days after the divorce announcement it's leaked to people that he's dating olivia munn and then it three days three days then it becomes unearthed that they met back when he was engaged to his wife, like seven years before at a wedding. And that she said in an interview jokingly, I'm just obsessed with him. I'm obsessed with him. I saw him at this, this wedding. He's with this fiance. And I was like, can we please hang out? Can we please hang out? And I was emailing him and he never emailed me back. And I like to tell myself that he just accidentally gave me the wrong email. And I was like, no, I didn't. And then now they're dating and then we talked about it at the time but we thought it was a bit too niche but now they've done a staged photo shoot for people which is crazy no i think it was a paparazzi yeah but like i don't i don't think it would be staged come on that makes him look really bad no live your mind a hundo oh like no i feel like oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 it was so close and they were both like i'm like grinning in an embarrassing way but he doesn't know the photos are being taken you mean yeah, I don't – Yeah, I don't, I'm sure – yeah, I don't know. No, because, yeah, the photographers, they have the biggest lenses growth. Yeah, And it's no, blurry. I think they would have been, like, in a car. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, I think she's leaked. I don't think the paps are like on their tail. I think their location was leaked by a certain mm. individual. Mm. The initials OM, but mm. what do I know? Yeah, because I'm like, why was that in the press immediately at all? That's like, you know what I mean? So that's crazy. Bad. I'm like, that's got to be her side. Or the wife's. Oh, yeah, maybe the wife's. Yeah. I would I would be like, fuck you. I'm telling. The so the press. wife has been doing some like extremely relatable but sad social media no. content. She's posting all these like, what's that, what's that camera called? A Leica, L-E-I-C-A. She's posting all these like really moody shots, and the one is of her as in like thotty pics to like nice looking thotty pics. The worst one is of her at a dinner table, and she's laid the dinner for two, and she's sitting on one end of the table, and the other end is empty with a dinner, and she's like still getting used to this. What? I know. Jara. Oh my god, Jara. I know, but I love her. And then she's done some like hot pics, like she did one yeah. of her in her underwear saying like new beginnings or something. No, and she, I keep, I'm studying it, yeah. And then she did one where she's kind of artfully draped upside down down a staircase with a Titanic shirt on being like, it's weird out here, yo, or something. And that was like the day that the Olivia Bunn story came out. So she was trying to do a Kezi David exactly but like i would argue less successfully yes and then she put up on instagram listening to olivia rodrigo's new album to get me no. through the breakup but then olivia rodrigo was like love you and commented on her pics that's which is nice but yeah this is yeah it's such a crazy story to me something i found really interesting is i watched an interview john mulaney did with seth myers and it was because it was pre-covid He's, like, pretty obviously kind of, like, jacked or something. I think he's, like, off the wagon there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, wrapped up. He's got this huge coat that's, like, wrapped around him. And you, I just feel bad for him. But he said to Seth Meyers, um, he was, like, you know, when Colin, like, Colin Jost got married to Scarlett Johansson, he was, like, I didn't know we could do that. Something like that. Like, uh, oh, I didn't know we could date, like, uh, the thing. Yeah. And then Seth Meyers like made a joke about it being like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to talk to the host. And he was like, no, I literally I didn't know that like guys like us went out with like Scarlett Johansson's kind of thing. And yeah, then he and went Emma, into, yeah. Emma Stone going out with the other one. Exactly. So And Pete Davidson going out with And Pete with Davidson Ariana. going out with everyone. Yeah. And then Bill Hader went out with Rachel Bilson. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was kind of saying that. That's, oh, my God. And then he went into rehab like two nightmare. weeks later. And I was like, you literally didn't realize it's my worst nightmare. I know. So our hearts and souls go out to Anna Marie Tendler. We love you. Keep listening to Sour and yes. taking artful pics to get you through this rough time. What's going to happen with Olivia Martin? Oh, she'll hope she'll try to hang on to him for as long as possible. A TikTok came out saying that he got her pregnant from a, two like New York comedians, really cute girls. They're like, this is the word on the street in the New York comedy community so that that's this is where all this drama came from i feel like i'm saying a naughty little secret even though i don't know that's what i love about tiktok because it just gets broadcast everywhere and no one can fact check it i know that someone said that wow that would be really insane Bad and horrible i know these <sighs> boys okay bye bye <laughs> these boys
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.